Theme song in three, two, one. Hold on. Now. And <laughs> I restarted this episode because I wasn't doing well on the last take. Welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you did not know, this is the premier podcast for the website, cpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. Oh, my God. It's I'm coughing over here. Oh, jeez, Louise, peas. This is this is so bad. I had a great title for the last episode, and now I'm sitting here uh, doing, just trying to do housekeeping, trying to clean things up before I even uh, get into this. All right, here we go. Uh, episode 245, the Constitutional Podcast. Uh, so I go there, all that stuff. Here we have uh, a brand new episode. Just got out of a meeting. <laughs> I did just record the uh the other two pod or the other podcast plus the intro for uh Matt Bronger's interview and uh boy are my lungs tired <laughs> that was a good joke <laughs> I had a great title for the last episode or the not the last episode the last thing I just recorded but that's not gonna happen and now we're back at it. We're doing this again. I had to restart because uh, there were too many, too many faults with um, the way I had not described, but put up this uh, the uh, the information in this episode. This is going to be an all streamer episode, all streaming news all the time. Uh, I'm currently uploading the video. So if this thing, if this uh, if the video slows down a little bit, I'm currently uploading the interviews and the Matt Ronger's episode of the interviews. And uh, the episode 240 of the Constitutionalist Podcast, because it turns out that the one I uploaded a couple of weeks ago was two was two minutes long, and it was the trailer for the Instagram that I put on, or the cold opener, or yeah, the trailer, the trailer for the snippet of the episode, uh, which is stupid. Yeah, and I just realized I have to put this on TikTok. This is too much. This is too much for one person who doesn't make any friggin' money from this thing. All right, let's get on with it. First things first. We've got Apple. I'm sorry, I was reading a breaking news alert from CNBC on their website on this on this article. Uh, NFL tickets still up for grabs as Apple pushes for flexibility with game rights. Apple currently has some rights to uh, MLB games, to Friday night games, and I believe their games are done. Yeah, they're done. They're done before October. So yes, those games are done, and that's going to keep going for uh, the next season or two, and then know, maybe next couple of seasons. And then we also ha- they also have uh, some. I don't want to say Premier League, but some soccer league rights because I I do think that um, did I say Reich? <laughs> I do think that uh, uh, Premier League is only with uh, Peacock. We'll see. Any Hoosers. Apple currently has uh, is is in the lead leading pack for the NFL for NFL's uh, uh, Sunday ticket, which was a, a direct TV thing. But now that direct TV, you know, is obviously the worst option out there to watch your your cable ish TV. Um, there's and there's got they got to reach the streaming crowd. Apple was the leading contender for months and months and months uh, leading up to this decision. That I mean, there's no decision, but leading up to this, 
and it is uh it really it really they seem like the good option because they do have the money they want to get into streaming and sports is the best way to do it uh but now it turns out apple really doesn't want exclusivity they don't want to be the the partner package they want to just be able to show some nfl games in fact i i believe they want to act in much the same way as in same vein as uh, uh, Amazon Prime does with Thursday Night Football. They don't want to be the only place for football. They want to be a place for football, because once they get into that, then it co- then it's going to be a costly thing. Um, uh, but extra- this is from CNBC, written by Alex Sherman. He writes. Existing restrictions around Sunday ticket have slowed negotiations between Apple and NFL in recent months. Talks between the league and potential buyers of Sunday ticket are continuing. So they're still seeing other people. NFL is. Apple's being sheepish. Major League Soccer. That's the 10-year partnership that begins in 2023. But they do currently have some soccer. Oh, you know what? No, no. It's because my Apple TV is hooked up uh, to uh, my Peacock and YouTube TV and stuff. Now, Eddie Q, who is uh, one of the big names, isn't that? Yeah, Eddie Q is one of the big names of uh, Apple. He's the senior vice president of services. He says, quote, we weren't interested in buying sports rights. There's all kinds of capabilities that we're going to be able to do together because we have everything together. And if so, and so if I have a great idea, I don't have to think about it. Okay, well, my contract or the deal of uh, interest allows. And again, it goes back to they don't want to be like that that singular place because that puts on a lot of pressure on them. And 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 in fact, you know, we've seen what happens when what happens when uh, I remember when Game of Thrones when uh, the last season premiered on HBO Go and HBO Now it just took down the entire service. Still doing that construction. It's been it's been a couple of hours. <laughs> All through next week. The NFL renewed its broadcast TV agreements with both Fox and CBS until 2030. And then there's also uh, uh, great MLS games between Fox, Paramount, uh, NBCU, and Disney uh, as well. I wonder where this ticket thing could go because a package would be great for Apple, but but they don't want to continue having to pay out other people like this. Beyond its MLS partnership, Apple has been laying breadcrumbs that it wants to take a significant plunge into live sports. Uh, And then they're also producing the Super Bowl halftime show. That's a big thing, too. The NFL wants the buyer for the Sunday ticket to pay between two and three billion a year, which is an increase from the one point five billion that DirecTV has been paying since 2015. They've only had. Oh, since 2015. Okay, okay. All right, let's keep moving on. Speaking of streaming, this comes from the Wall Street Journal, written by Sarah Krause. Netflix gains 2.4 million new subscribers, reversing the trend. We know that uh, in Q3, uh, Netflix had to announce that it had dropped a, a several, several, several million, uh, no, just a couple million uh, viewers, subscribers, and then it turns out that, uh, that that was bad for business because they lost a lot of money. And a lot of revenue. So much so that it caused them to, which we'll talk about in a second, um, uh, reverse uh, uh, release strategies, push things up, move things off, uh, move things down the road. 
uh, or not pay a lot of people <laughs> uh, money, the money that they were paying eventually. And then also layoffs that, that come with it. The company's operating margin fell to 19.3% from 23.5% a year earlier. Uh, uh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, that's this year. Then there's also that increased competition that's coming from uh, the likes of Disney with Disney Plus and uh, in some case Hulu, and then HBO Max, Apple TV, and those are the big ones they're fighting against. I really don't think Paramount Plus is... I mean, who knows? Paramount, I used it twice today to watch Ghosts and uh, Star Trek cartoon. What's, it, what's that? Lost Deck, Lower Decks. <laughs> so Netflix moved up its um, uh, ad-supported thing one month earlier. And this comes from the Wall Street Journal written by Sarah Krause. Reduce the payments for comedy specials in some new deals. It pays two hundred thousand uh, in two-year licensing packs instead of making more costly outright buys. All the while, comedians mostly faced uh, face higher uh, production costs. So that means the ones, the people who want to do, I think, uh, who is it, James Acaster or uh, uh, it was a British guy. Uh, he did like like three different specials. And they're all part of like the same series, and they all came out at the same time, I believe. And then, you know, I, I'm sure Neil Brennan's Three Mics and and everybody else is, you know, paying Chappelle, uh, however, a million or something like that, or a couple of million, or however much they paid people. Previously, many comics received a lump sum, often as much as one million, to help pay for production costs. Netflix has invested heavily in comedy programming and turning itself into one of the leaders in the genre. It's got uh, stand-up specials with Joel Kim Booster, Taylor Tollins, Tomlinson, uh, Sam Jay, and and then obviously the bigger names like uh, Ali Wong, Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, Whitney Cummings. And Whitney is a part of this new two two-year licensing deal. So it could be a good and bad thing. You know, they take this this special that was made for net by Netflix and for network. It was made for Netflix and they shop it over to Comedy Central or HBO. And then they have a licensing deal there. And then they have the festivals and Netflix is a joke festival, but who knows if you're going to be asked to be a part of that. Or they can put it on YouTube if they want. Netflix is in a, a in a in a wor- not not in a worrying state, not as much as the next next uh, thing we'll talk about, but it's um it's 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 really interesting to see the king of streaming kind of go down, uh, in a sense. In a sense, and in a sense. Next up is uh, Peacock, written by Joseph Adeline Adeline over there on Vulture. It's time to start worrying about Peacock. Well, looks like NBC Universal. And Comcast touted some numbers. Uh, Jeff Shell is the CEO of NBCU, and he let it know, let it be known, uh, a week ago, that Peacock's paid subscriber base was growing. Good thing. What has a, a boasted? Uh, they have a number of about over 15 million paid users, which I am. Twenty dollars for one year, which is not bad at all. Two million dollars. Oh, excuse me. Two million more than the thirteen million it claimed at the end of June. So fifteen million paid is 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 pretty good, but it's not. 
It's not that good. They also had some other numbers. As had been expected since last winter, NBCU ended a decade-long deal with Hulu, meaning uh, where where all of the SVOD stuff went straight to Peacock instead of going to Hulu starting this past television or this current television season. Uh, in August, the start of a new multi-billion dollar deal gave Peacock streaming rights to Premier League Soccer, which I was correct about. And that's why a lot of sports fans, you know, they just kind of reluctantly pay that $5. They'd rather take the ads or the $10 and, uh, for no ads and, and watch soccer. In September, NBCU shifted iconic soap opera Days of Our Lives to Peacock, uh, taking it off of NBC, and, and it joins the, the Days of Our Lives uh, streaming show as well. Peacock also continued to take advantage of increasingly short window between Universal movies, which is good. Uh, Minions, Rise of Gru, and Jurassic World Dominion both landed on the service within a couple of weeks of hitting uh, uh, DVD, rather, and home. Uh, but Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul hit, hit it uh, day and date with theaters. Halloween Ends did the same thing, as well as, I think, uh, Vengeance, because that is also on my list that I want to watch. And then Peacock... Uh, the last quarter saw Peacock unleash a heavily marketed end of summer promotion with the twenty dollars per month or twenty dollars uh, per year thing. Now it's seen so with that with the numbers going up and then the movies hitting and uh, the the movies be hitting yo. Throw <laughs> my car on a cliff. <laughs> with these with sports and movies seemingly helping Peacock do well. When it compares to, let's go back to the King of Streams, Netflix, King of Streams. Uh oh, who? Hey, if you disagree, you remind me who made you King of Streaming. I did it. That was pretty good. Now let's take Peacock and tr- and try to compare it over to Netflix, um, and and as well as you know HBO Max, and then you were previously talking about. Apple TV Plus. I was going to say Apple Go. Do those numbers, can those numbers really compare? Because if you look at Disney Plus, it's when it launched in 2019, it had 26.5 million subscribers. Obviously, now it's got way more than that. Peacock is just getting to that. It, uh, Peacock is just getting to 15. <laughs> and it has been, Peacock has been trying to find uh, uh someone to bundle with it i've also read that and nobody wants to i don't even think it can find companies to like uh how paramount plus is teaming up with um, walmart and if you have walmart plus then you get paramount plus i mean in the this is this is the thing i've always said that peacock it when it launched it should have been a channel on hulu it should have been a channel on um uh, Amazon Prime channels. It should have been a thing that is, that's an add-on instead of being its own service. Because at this point, I think Peacock is kind of like uh, it's it's like it's like getting a a, a cut on a, a vein. This is such a disgusting analogy, but it's like getting a cut on a vein that you can't stop bleeding. You know, and and you, like yeah, you oh you're you you seem healthy now, but in a in a couple of minutes you're gonna die off. I, I do think Peacock is on its way to to an to an ending. At, at, um, within, I think that's the next streaming service that dies off essentially. 
Um, even even if you know HBO Max and Discovery have to, or if HBO Max merges into Discovery Plus, which is the worst idea, and I say that as somebody who works there, <laughs> contractually. Uh, I do, but but Peacock is the one that I can't see surviving because it doesn't make sense. Whereas for Paramount, CBS All Access, it was CBS was they first of all they got in early, but second they are Middle America's uh, uh, favorite network. CBS is the is the most watched broadcast network, and then to to now pair that with Showtime. You know, for at for at most, you know, uh, fifteen bucks a month. That's what happens. Okay, let's get on to this ad supported stuff. So the rest of this is going to be ads now. Netflix launch is uh, ta- is talking about its its newly uh, pushed up ad supported tier. It's coming in November, and it's going to be slightly cheaper than the basic plan. And the basic plan is going to look um, even more expensive. Basic with ads is what they're calling it. It's going to launch on November 3rd in uh, 12 countries, including the U.S. And then it's going to roll out first in Mexico and Canada November 1st. It's going to be $3 cheaper than the basic plan, which is $10. So $7. But now the basic plan is going to uh, support HD. Up to 720p. That's ridiculous. Things should always, everything should be in 4K. Everything should, you should, like, it just, it's ridiculous. Or minimum 1080p. It's so dumb that on um, uh, Google Play and on Amazon Prime and I I want, not, no, not Apple, um, not iTunes. But when you buy movies and TV shows there, you have to choose between SD, HD, or 4K. No one is going to buy SD. I don't care how I don't care if it's two dollars less. I'm always gonna opt in the past for HD and now for 4K. Unfortunately, I think I have two movies. No, three movies: Pan's Labyrinth, Toy Story 3, and Crazy Stupid Love, all in SD. Because at the time, HD was the most expensive thing and also the best thing. No one saw 4K coming. No, we did. Netflix is getting ready to get you embracing for those ads. Those ads are going to be about 15 or 30 seconds long, 20 seconds in Spain, and will play before dur- and during TV shows and movies. As And also note that some, some things are not going to be uh, with ads, I think, right? The Netflix ad tier with, uh, excuse me, Netflix tier with ads will serve as an average of four to five minutes of ads per hour, roughly in line with ad loads of uh, Peacock and Disney Plus with ads when that launches. New release movies will include only pre-roll ads to, quote, preserve cinematic experience. Okay, so that's the thing I'm thinking about. That's gross. Uh, if you, if, if paying for this stuff and ad, like if you, if, if all of your streaming services have ads, th- then just, you know, don't. <laughs> don't do that. Netflix has been asking for about $10 million minimum commitment in annual ad spending for agencies, according to uh, uh, ad buy sources and stuff like that in September 30th. So $10 million. They want you to, if you if you want to advertise on Netflix, which is, again, the biggest streaming service in the world, then you've got to be able to, to fit that bill. Foot that bill. 
Wall Street analysts generally are bullish on long-term prospects for Netflix's ad-supported tier, yada, 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 all that stuff. And uh, the prices are wildly the same throughout the 12 markets. As it turns out, Sarah Krauss and Suzanne, did I uh, say who wrote that last one? I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me scroll back. Uh, Todd Spangler wrote, Spangler wrote that for Variety. Uh, but as Sarah Krauss and Suzanne uh, Veronica write for the Wall Street Journal, Netflix is scrambling to learn the ad business it long disdained. Before they landed that $10 million uh, commitment, they had to buckle down and know the, the the ins and outs of how ads work. Now, they've already done ads before, you know, just buying Netflix ads, but they've never they've never had to put it into their shows and movies and then also work with Disney, uh, uh, Paramount, NBC, U, Universal, and uh, Warner and, and Lionsgate and the other big studios because they have to now pay them money to run ads on their movies and shows, which is what I've been saying years ago. I said, Netflix needs to go and, and not get a, a, acquisitions. They just need to be, they need to produce their own stuff. I think that would be best for them. Let Hulu deal with acquisitions. Let everybody else deal with acquisitions. Netflix is big enough to charge $20 a month for 4k. And then also, uh, uh, not have, you know, friends or Seinfeld or what have you. Reed Hastings uh, is, 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 is helping out with this. <laughs> the guy who's the CEO. They've got big competition, though. Amazon, Amazon's doing ads with Freevee. Uh, HBO uh, Max is doing ads. Disney, everyone's doing ads now. This is way too long of a, a post for me to, to even pretend to scroll through. <laughs> And and pick out and pick out quotes. What I typically do, that's what I do is I, pick, I scroll through things. And I pick out quotes. Uh, Reed Hastings wrote in, on um, uh, one in, in 2015 on a Facebook post. No advertising coming to Netflix. Period. But they've had to do a, a little bit of about face because of who the the growing. I was going to say Hulu, but the growing uh, uh, what you call it competition. And then they also have to deal with uh, 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 festivals and things, and 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 the success of shows like Squid Game. It's, I uh, it, you know, it's 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 a big it's a big business that they have to have to deal with, obviously, and um, but they have to really pick and choose who they want to do these ad things with. They chose Microsoft. There's tension with Comcast. But they got it done in the end. It's been a bumpy road for them. And they're asking for all the money in the world. Suzanne Veronica writes for Wall Street Journal, Netflix seeking top dollar for brands to advertise on its service. Uh, they met with some ad buyers. Netflix is seeking to charge advertisers roughly $65 for reaching 1,000 viewers, a measure known as CPM or cost per thousand. That's a big number. That's char- that's they're they're charging like close not not close to Super Bowl, but it it might as well be uh, streaming Super Bowl, <laughs> streaming Super Bowl. 
uh, eventually they are gonna they're ex expected to charge eighty dollars for every thousand, which is a a wide margin. Let me read that again. Expectantly, eventually be able to charge. Yeah, especially eventually be able to charge. Yeah. However, this does not change their uh, their tone when it comes to how you should view their quote unquote content. This is from Andrew Webster over at The Verge. Netflix is all in on binge watching, which is what helped them uh, build up to to who they are today. When they did their uh, recent Q4 explanation or whatever, the quarterly earnings, the statement that came out this past week, the quarterly earnings, the company explained, quote, that we think our bingeable release model helps drive substantial engagement, especially for newer titles. Look at the show Dahmer, the Jeffrey Dahmer monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer show. Yeah. I mean, people are talking about it and people are still talking about it, but it's been two weeks now. At the end of this week, I fully expect no one to talk about it ever again. Squid Game did well. I think that was a sleeper hit, though. Because I remember seeing it pop up and then I was already, you know, uh, 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 nipple deep in Korean, uh, South Korea, South Korean <laughs> uh, uh, shows like of that nature. They also say, quote, it's hard to imagine, for example, how a Korean title like Squid Game would have become a mega hit globally without the momentum that came from people being able to binge it. That's true. However, I do think there are there are platforms like Disney Plus, uh, HBO and uh, Amazon that and Hulu to that extent that have proven that people are still willing and able to uh, wait and and see and see these things through uh, on a week-to-week -week basis, especially if you launch with three episodes at once. You know, Shrek girl, uh, sorry, what's her name? Uh, She-Hulk. In my head, I was like, it's, it's Shrek. And then I went, no, it's not Shrek. And then out loud, I went, I said, Shrek. <laughs> Shrek girl. Shrek girl. You know, Shrek girl's my favorite superhero. Uh, She-Hulk. She-Hulk launched with three episodes, and so did Dis uh, Andor. And, um, and, or two episodes at least for those. But, that gets you hooked and that makes you go, okay, next week, I can't wait to tune in on Thursday to watch She-Hulk. I can't wait to watch Only Murders in a Building on Tuesday. I can't wait to watch Reboot. Reboot is so good on Hulu. Go watch it. I, but it's it's so it's so great to 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 watch these things week to week and experience experience a whole story together. I had to I had to uh, turn off the mic for a second clear my throat but it's great to experience a whole story together as opposed to oh i'm i'm six episodes behind i gotta you know like no one no one can but but when when she hulk comes out and and there's a uh, uh, some feminist blog writes that was almost alt righty and i'm not gonna say things like that anymore <laughs> but when but when some when some websites like uh well uh, she hulk is is great for women of all ages you know something like that and and then the next week, She-Hulk has defined, you know, what it's like to be a female superhero. It's it's good to see those things, even if I don't read that crap. But it's good to see those things <laughs> help push uh, the, that show forward because that's that's exactly, I think, what they're aiming for when it comes to this week-to-week -week thing, week-to-week -week basis. Now, when you have a show like uh, Evil on Paramount Plus and 
you or if you have a show like Teen Titans season four, or excuse me, Titans season four, or Doom Patrol season uh, three or four, whatever whatever season it's on, and you say we're gonna do six episodes in December and the rest are gonna follow in spring, that pisses me off. That's not to say Netflix isn't going to stop or you know uh, uh, do binge binging for everything. There's a uh, oh they did like that 1984 the um uh the murder street <laughs> they did it was like one movie a week for three weeks straight same thing for guillermo del toro's cabin of curiosities which i'm sure doesn't star any people of color uh it just only stars uh, white british guys I'm, I'm sure i don't know i've never seen the trailer that's going to release eight episodes of the course of four days starting october 25th that's great strange stranger things season four is going to uh is, is split into two chunks uh week, weeks apart i mean yeah you can definitely do that hey good news those videos uploaded i mean they uploaded minutes ago however long this thing is Oh, we're going to a good time. We're going to a good time. <laughs> and now we'll shift gears over to Apple. That they're... Uh, oh, hold on. Wrong one. Apple's rumored to do uh, a video ad inventory next year. Now, they're already $5. So my assumption is... Apple is going to raise that to seven or eight because it's it's just too much. Like even if they set aside a billion, which is like a tenth of a tenth of a tenth of a one percent for their for their their cash in their bank, they they still want to make money on this thing. Uh, so I'm guessing that next year Apple TV Plus will raise in price to seven or eight dollars, and then the ad supported tier will be five dollars. Also, their ad inventory is uh, linked to its live sports thing. So when when they eventually do get NFL and when they have soccer next year, when they have MLB again next year, that's going to help them out immensely. And this comes from 9 to 5 Mac written by Benjamin Mayo. Written uh, report. Apple to start selling ad video ad and inventory next year, possibly for ad-supported TV tier. All right, let's see how... These ads compare to everything. This was from WSJ, written by Todd Olmsted. Netflix with ads launches at $6.99 a month. Here's how the pricing stacks up. All right, <clears throat> with ads, these these are the uh, platforms they have: uh, Apple TV Plus, Discovery Plus, Disney Plus, Prime Video, Stars, Paramount Plus, Peacock, Netflix, Showtime, Hulu, HBO Max, and ESPN Plus. Apple TV uh, does not have ads, but Discovery Plus does, and it seems like the Bay uh, and and Paramount, Peacock, Netflix, Hulu, HBO, and ESPN. The baseline for all this is five dollars, with Netflix coming in at seven in the median, and Hulu at eight, HBO Max and ESPN topping out at ten. Everybody else has got five, but without ads, it seems as though ESPN Plus is not is not available without ads. It seems the top is fifteen dollars with Hulu and HBO Max. Median's about ten dollars, nine or ten dollars, and the lowest tier is obviously uh, Apple TV Plus and Discovery Plus, five dollars and seven dollars, respectively. This new tier is going to, I guess, be you know help households who are conscious about. Uh, again, but it's only one. You get seven twenty p HD video, and you get one profile. So I don't know how this helps out people in the long run, people who are cost conscious. Unless you are in a home where you got you watch TV together 
and that's it. And you have you watch one TV together, and that's it. Uh, some titles won't be available at launch because of licensing agreements, uh, which Netflix says working on. Yada yada yada. This also comes from Wall Street Journal. Susan Veronica. Netflix and other streaming platforms are embracing ads, but will the advertisers love them back? And that's the thing. Are advertisers going to want to play ball with Disney and Netflix and Comcast and Warner? And will they want to uh, have have their ads running alongside uh, a Game of Thrones or a She-Hulk? Really got She-Hulk on the brain. That last episode was not good. And, I, and it's just too much of... A company not say, like for the first time ever. I want Disney to go no, because <laughs> that was that was that was so dumb. Anyway, I'm not going to talk about that because I'm not one of those people. The U.S. connected TV ad market is expected to reach 18.9 billion dollars this year, a fraction of the roughly 70 billion that's spent on traditional TV ads, and grow to 33.5 billion in 2025. And I think you know maybe in eight to ten years. When those numbers even out, uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be shifting from the world of focusing only on, uh, mostly on broadcast and uh, cable. Not even in eight to ten. I'd say probably say six years. Once that thirty three in twenty twenty five becomes sixty six, that's gonna be or sixty nine. That's gonna be something that uh, the advertisers start paying attention to when they go, okay, now that broadband. Uh, uh, like that now the gig internet you know is like the baseline will get will the gig be fast in 2020 you know nine streaming ad space has many issues from the lack of consistent measurement of both viewership and ad performance to the fact that millions of ad dollars go to waste because of uh, ads could continue to be delivered to a television even if the screen is off, did not know that last part. Streamers and media companies have been working towards solutions such as showing the prompt, are you still watching, when activity has decreased from the screen viewer. Uh, if the viewer doesn't respond, the streaming server shuts down. You know, I I don't know, man, because I just went, let's, like, case in point, I was watching Night Court on uh, Prime Video, uh, technically on Freebie, but on Prime Video because I don't want to download another app. And um, it, it had a, a, a minute excuse me, 105 seconds of ads in the middle of the episode. I got up. Oh, I was playing Pokemon Legends of Arceus, uh, a game I bought yesterday and I had not, no, a game I bought, yeah, yesterday and I had not had a chance to sit down and play it. So I started that and then I peed. <laughs> All in that time frame. <laughs> I turned on the game, went to the bathroom, peed, came back, played some of the game while the while the 105 seconds are still going on. People overreact, especially online. They go, I don't want ads. I don't want, I don't want ads. I use that time. If it, if it has ads, if there's no escaping the ads, especially for a free platform like Pluto or Tubi or Freebie, uh, it, I just get up and go and do something else. I'll go to the kitchen. I'll get a snack. I'll pour some water. I'll play with the cat. There's other things you can do. You don't have to sit there and watch an ad. If you're on the computer, Go to a different screen, except for there are some there are some video platforms, and I can't remember which ones. But if you go to it, like it used to be Hulu, like if you went to a different uh, screen, then it would stop the ad, or if you muted it, it would stop the ad. It's crazy. They talked. They, they talked to uh, uh, Kelly Metz, who's the managing director of Advanced TV at Omnicom uh, Omnicom Media Group. 
and Adam Gerber, who is the executive director of U.S. Investment Strategy for Group M, talking about the transparency for ads and the wasted dollars and consumer experience and all that stuff. Streaming ad uh, revenue by company. Hulu, $3.77 billion. YouTube, $3.06. Roku, $2.25. Pluto, $1.24. 2B, $0.83. Other, $7.74. And then you have to find, you know, along with along with uh, the wasted ad dollars, the lack of uh, proper measurement and, and all that, you have to find, and the consumer experience, you also have to find um, what shows are going to be popular. Because no one knew that the Dahmer show was going to be that popular there's another Dahmer show I think it's a Dahmer show on Peacock my my friend my friend for dinner or something like that I refuse to look things up however one of those did well and one of them's not one of them you hear about one of them's not not doing well going back to the Peacock versus everybody argument same thing you know ring rings of power you know that's going to be a big show but paper girls that's not necessarily the biggest show and as and as a result, it was canceled. It's all up in the air until it lands. <laughs> like you can't even even Emily from Paris. I'm sure if you go back and look at the first trailer on YouTube, it has you know it's got likes out the wazoo. But no one likes that show. Everybody, it seems to be a big joke. As much as I love uh, one of the stars, I'll let you guess which one. It's Ashley Park. <laughs> it is very true. So yeah. There's that. And then the final thing here, this is from Dade Hayes over at Deadline. And streaming original films and series alone aren't the draws they once were, survey finds. Games, sports, news, and audio should be in the mix. And this goes back to the last episode of the podcast where I talked about Spotify, where pod where you know Spotify podcasting was huge. And now we have on HBO Max, you can listen to a Batman podcast on Hulu, or excuse me, on HBO Max, all right there on the player. And same thing. And, and there's also like uh, the 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 Game of Thrones podcast. Issa Rae has a, a Insecure podcast on there. You can listen to so many things on the HBO Max app. It doesn't make sense, but you can. And sports obviously is a big thing, but games are a big thing now because Netflix wants to get in the gaming. That's why they bought the studio that. Uh, made um, what is that game called I can see it in my head Ox City I own that game I own it I have yet to I have yet to finish it I did play it god now I gotta open Steam and I have to see what the game is Uh, Oxygen it starts with an O hold on I will get this I'm looking at myself in the monitor uh, it's uh, I have it on Switch. I have it on Steam. I also have it on PlayStation. What is it called? Uh, Oxo, Oxen, Oxen, Ox. Jesus. Okay, let's just do this. Um, uh, Switch game Ox. Okay, Oxen free. Oh my God. I said oxen. I was correct. I was so close. Oxen free. You're like, uh, they have like a ghost in the radio or something. I played 20 minutes of it. <laughs> and I said, all right, I'm tired. <laughs> that was like seven years ago. That switch has been out for what? Six years, five years, six years. You can read this study. What will they pay for the mind of the modern subscriber from uh, consumer 
Insights Division of Publishers Clearinghouse. That's what they're talking about. They're saying they polled uh, about 15,000 Americans. Wait, no, excuse me. Oh, no, this is just what Publishers Clearinghouse is known for. I'm sorry. Don't do not do that. They did not poll anybody. But ask which categories of offerings they would be most inclined to pay for. 39% of respondents, excuse me. Yeah, they did poll 15,000 Americans. I was right. They teamed with uh, TV industry veteran uh, Evan Shapiro to analyze the results. 39% of respondents cited movies and scripted TV, the biggest pieces of the pie. Sports is 12%. Music and podcasts, 11%, and gaming, 7%, and other notable categories. Among 18 to 34-year-olds, gaming jumps 15%, and podcasts and music spiked 16%. It's very it's very clear that people have outside interests that aren't just scripted and uh, movie affair. And in the same vein, why are we producing reality shows anymore? We need to stop entering game shows. Let's stop it. Sports, music, and podcasts, and gaming is where it's been. It's where it's at. Uh, and that, and that's why it points to you know Netflix is going to start producing games. Uh, you can already access some of the games on the Netflix app on your phones and iPads, but uh, that'll just take you to a different app. They, I, I guarantee they're gonna we're gonna have a Netflix like cloud gaming app uh, in the next two years. Something along the lines of uh, Xbox Game Cloud, Game Pass app. Um, that is, uh, that is just going to be, you know, Netflix gaming essentially like Spotify live, except better. Hopefully Disney has also been making strides in gaming. They have that new free to play, uh, Disney game dream dreamville. I don't know. That's a game I'm not going to play. I'd say, I mean, actually, you know what? I take that back. I probably will boot it up once. And then go. I get it. Surprisingly, while income correlates with the acceptance of paying for content, it is not the all-determining factor that would initially seem to be. Even lower income brackets among consumers under the age of 45 have a pretty high willingness to pay. That is very true, uh, according to the survey. I Yeah, I would think that um, people, no matter what, they want to pay for, for something and not have to just deal with and not deal with... Um, the crap that surrounds it. So even with this Netflix for ad, Netflix with ads and Disney Plus with ads, yeah, I mean cheaper on paper, but at some point they just want to pay, you know, eight dollars and and watch something. You know, people want to pay eight dollars and watch something. As income increases, so does interest for paying for sports. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, streaming, I just think streaming needs to. Uh, in order to turn around, it's got to be, it's got to have its hand in everything, unfortunately. And and that's why we have um, Dis- on Disney Plus, Dancing with the Stars live every Monday at 8 o'clock. Uh, even though I don't think Disney Plus is built for anything like that. And it seems like they're testing the waters. And maybe eventually Hulu will, again, this bad idea, fold into Disney Plus. Um, especially now that Disney Plus has some R-rated and TVMA affair. Uh, however, it just, it, it doesn't seem like that app is suited for that. And I think it should really stick to what it, what it is and what it has and which is Disney stuff, uh, or if anything, folding the Hulu. And that's the same thing I say for discovery plus HBO max is the better name and it's, and quite frankly, the better platform, the better looking platform. 
uh, and needs to fold into that. And you know, ads, ads, and streaming. Uh, years ago, people would have said no, but you know, it's same thing. Reed Hastings wrote 2015 on Facebook. No, no ads, but times are changing, and is and you have to go along with. I got a copyright claim on one of these videos. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> uh, but you have to go along with where the audience is going. And right now, I think the audience, they see all of these streaming platforms. And and yes, they have the option to not subscribe, which hurts you in the long run. Eventually, somewhat, probably, there's you know probably uh, 10,000, a million people out there going, okay, I watched the Dahmer thing. I'm going to not subscribe to Netflix anymore. And they're done subscribing to Netflix. And they're going to take that money and put it towards something else or save it or, you know, wait until there's another thing. Um, or then you have people like me who just subscribe regardless. But then, you know, when you have these ad-supported tiers, maybe somebody will go, you know, $5 isn't that bad or $7 isn't that bad. And I'm the only person or me and my wife or me and my husband, uh, uh, same-sex couples or whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Or me and my me and my one child? I don't know. <laughs> don't cancel me. But eventually those people would go, okay, well, I'll just have I'll instead of getting rid of Netflix, we'll just go to the ad to tier and because we only watch three things on there anyway. And they'll do the same thing for Disney Plus or and then they'll and then maybe HBO Max will be the thing that they pay for. Uh, it's all relative. Listen, you know what else is relative? This show, if you like what you heard here, head to the website, or head to youtube.com slash comedy to see a video version of this show. Uh, you can see the sun setting over the uh, beautiful Highline skies. Uh, I've had to all week keep my, so there's been construction. I mentioned that in the last episode. I've had to keep, they've been, and, and like they've been fixing up the um, patios of like every single apartment. There's like so many apartments here. And what every, essentially what everybody had to do was take, the things on their patio and move them inside. I have a one bedroom. I don't have the room for that. My neighbor has a two bedroom and he has the room for that or they have the room for that. Anyway. So, and so literally they've had this crane like come up and, and the guys have been like, you know, hopping on balconies and painting things and, and fixing rails and whatnot. I mean, it's not like they look bad before, but they're just finally putting the $2,145 I pay for rent into good use. Uh, <laughs> and, and and so we've had to keep like all week long, and I and, and going into next week, we'll have to keep the windows. I mean, if you don't have to, but it's strongly suggested you keep your windows drawn, uh, your blinds, your shades closed, and all that stuff. And and I've gotten no sun all week. My plants, my poor plants, <laughs> my poor plants. They're sitting like that. So anyway, you can see me sitting in a. Uh, it's not dark. The sun is still out, and it's only four o'clock. However, it is no. There's a noticeable difference. Noticeably dark in here. There's that. YouTube.com slash C++ Comedy to see a video version of me explaining this. As well as news time, I'll, I have 20, I'm 20 episodes behind, and I swear to God, before the end of October, I will have every single one of those episodes up. I promise you that. 20 episodes next week, it'll be, uh, uh, I'm behind 20 episodes next week. But I will have 20 episodes up. Uh, we'll also have, uh, I have, also have interviews with, uh, famous comedians and sometimes not so famous comedians, but uh, the ones who aren't famous at all, I've stopped talking to. <laughs> it's so true. If you have six, if you have, if, if I have more Twitter followers than you, 
Come on. <laughs> anyway, people like Mo Welch, Supa Agarwal, uh, 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 Michelle Ortiz, Alyssa Limperis, Matt Bronger, um, uh, 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 who else? Who else? Bobby Moynihan. I talk to the best of the best in a show called The Interviews that lives here on this podcasting uh, RSS feed, as well as the video is on youtube.com slash C comedy. You can see me talk to people from now on. <laughs> I don't do audio anymore. I do video. <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at C comedy. Me on Twitter and Instagram, because I'm an adult, I don't need TikTok. At Chad Black White. Like us on Facebook. Rate, review, subscribe. Tell your friends about this dumb show so I can make some money. I need a supplemental income. <laughs> and thank you for listening. I do very much appreciate it. Go have yourself a great day. Goodbye. Goodbye.